It's the most important day of the year, the Grammy Awards, and it's the most important award of the Grammy Awards, the award for children's music. That's right. They're not going to show you that on most Grammy wrap-ups, you know? They're too busy talking about the same old shit. It's incredibly biased towards adults. Yeah, exactly. And when you think about it, the music that like sticks with you the longest is usually the music you get into when you're younger, you know, like artists that you got into in high school, you probably continue to listen to a lot of those, right? So what could be more important than music for babies? That stuff's going to stay with you forever. Yeah, that's lifelong shit. I've had a relationship with Rafi for longer than, longer than any other artist, a musical relationship. He didn't molest me. He would never do that. No. Uh, but also like the Beatles is another example, you know, another band for babies that we love talking about. Yeah. I got super into them when I was five. I remember my first time being an insane mixing genius. It would have been when I had a boom box and it had the speakers where you would plug them in with the wires. Mm -hmm. You'd have to strip the wires. I don't know if they still have those because I haven't really, I haven't used a stereo stereo for probably a decade and a half. Yeah. In the age of iPods and computers and shit and Bluetooth speakers. But um, I used to take one side out and listen to it and you would just hear the bass or, or put one side. Oh, funny. Yeah. I would mess with that and it would be like, what What happened? Why is it like this? It's only those <laughs> records that are like that. Unless you have like Herman's Hermits or something. Nothing else is going to sound like that. It just blows your mind. Why is the yeah, bass like the on pan. one channel? Yeah. And actually, speaking of the Beatles, we got to give them a shout out for the Grammys this year. They won a Grammy. You would think, oh, maybe it was from that shitty song that they put out this year. And you would be very wrong. They won the Grammy for best music video for I'm Only Sleeping. I don't know what the fuck that is or why that happened. What's the video? Everything else? I don't fucking know, dude. I don't want to know. I really don't want to know. I don't want to look it up. Everything else in that category was actually is. new stuff from this year. It was Billy Irish's Billy Irish, <laughs> Billy Eilish's uh, Barbie soundtrack thing. Kendrick Lamar, Tyler Childers. It's like stop motion animation with oil paintings, which Why? I guess is kind of cool. It wasn't really necessary, the, but I guess it's like like weird psychedelic the, um, images of the Beatles. The remaster of Revolver was two years ago, though. I guess the Grammys do operate on like a weird lag, but it's just this so was 2022. Weird, yeah, some really shady shit going on over there. Well, oh, that's classic what, right Grammy Awards shit because the the Grammy <laughs> exactly, Awards. Yeah. Somehow, I guess even like 20, 30 years ago, you could pander to those people, the people who decide what wins. You could just put something, put Beatles on anything. It could be yeah, someone playing yeah. the Beatles on guitar, someone playing the Beatles on xylophone, the Beatles for kids, the Beatles reggae. That would always win, and that still works, I guess. I don't know if it's the same people or if the Beatles are just a I think there is a lot of just old-ass people in the voting, whatever you call it, committee or whatever. Is it like the Supreme Court where they can't get you out until you die? That's a good question, actually. I have no idea. It's a bunch of RBGs. But the one right above that, uh, for best music film went to David Bowie. There's so much shit like that still. That's awesome. The best remix went to Depeche Mode. It's insane that there's a best remix category. But that's like, that's almost more interesting than the top build awards. Because those are just yeah. so boring this year. 
It's all insanely boring. It's Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus. I don't know who Victoria Monet is. Yeah, me neither. Who's that? I should know that. She does R and B. She's older than me, so I think that's that would make it her fault that I don't know her. Yeah, like if, that's true. <laughs> I think if I didn't know Billie Eilish, that would be my fault for being out of yeah. touch. But not knowing someone that's older than me by a few years, I think that's her fault for not being famous yeah, enough. That's true. You're allowed to not know people who are older than you, for sure. Like, who is this? Maybe it's fine. I don't want to talk shit. I don't want to talk shit on Victoria Monet, but it doesn't seem like she had that big of a hit. And then Song of the Year, Billie Eilish. It's the song from Barbie. And there is a, a pattern I notice here where it's only white women who win. Yeah, like the top like nine awards, maybe the, are, are the top nine all white women? Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus. I don't know if, if Victoria Monet is white. No. Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift, Lainey Wilson, Miley Cyrus again, then Jack Antonoff. Honorary white woman. There, It's like the anti, because the Grammys know that the Oscars are much more, I don't know, not beloved because I don't think people care about them that much, but people pay more attention to it. They're doing like the anti-Oscar thing where they're just giving everything to Barbie, you know? Yeah, why not? People made a big stink. Hillary Clinton was up in arms. Let's see. Barbie, if I control F, Barbie's mentioned 14 times. I'm assuming that's one-to-one of all, like somewhere in the neighborhood of a dozen nominations. It's so weird that Miley Cyrus Flowers won an award for record of the year this year. Because I feel like that came out in like 2016. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like that came out when Obama was president. The album of the year is Kid A. Did that really come out in January 2023? I guess. I, I guess I'm just going insane because I feel like that song was around so long ago. <laughs> Maybe I'm just thinking of a different Miley Cyrus song. That's so weird. I thought that was like... I mean, you must be. <laughs> I thought that was going to be one of the ones that was in 2022. But... Yeah, yeah. I guess it just makes I mean, perfect it sense. Is. Very weird. I think my favorite artist who's represented here is Various Artists. Various Artists had 10 nominations and took home five Grammys, including the Barbie soundtrack by Various Artists. Always good to see an artist like that who's been around for a long time, still at the top of their game, doing such a variety of work, you know? But what's really interesting is the minor categories. Of course. It's astounding how little attention you can get to be like nominated in these categories. Yeah, we really got to get in on this. Yeah, like why don't we win these awards? We were talking about our Shoegaze children's album. Hopefully that can yeah. win an award when we finish it. Yeah, put that in the chill. Like yeah, like we were talking about these children's artists. We're looking at we're going to listen to at least one song from each of the artists nominated for the children's Grammy. Since we figured no one looked up who won the best kids album, we can debut it live here and it'll be like this is an exclusive Grammys broadcast because no one actually paid attention to this, right? Yeah. And in looking up these children's artists, uh, some of them just have like less plays on Spotify than our album. You know what I mean? Like how the fuck are they getting Grammys? Yeah, you gotta like, know Nobody's someone. listening to this shit. This is like indie ass kids the, music the Grammy, The Grammy judges kids or probably grandkids or great grandkids are friends with these people's kids. That's probably yeah, what it is. Like they go to school with your nepotism. kid's kid. Yeah. And then they pass you a CD. They pass you their dad's demo. Oh my God. Okay. Here's okay. Before we get to the, uh, the children's album is the big event. So we're going to keep delaying actually uh, covering it. <laughs> but I just yeah, ran across the best award. comedy album. Check this. Okay. Tell me who you think won this in best comedy album. Uh, Chris Rock, <laughs> Selective Outrage. 
Dave Chappelle, what's in a name? Sarah Silverman, someone you love. Trevor Noah, I wish you would. And Wanda Sykes, I'm an entertainer. Well, Trevor Noah was the host. So yeah, it'd be weird to give it I'm to not him, sure if it, it that would make it more or less likely. Probably less. So who um, you got then between Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Sarah Silverman, and Wanda Sykes? I don't know. I feel like Dave Chappelle, that would be a political move. That would get them yelled at a little bit, and they might know not to do that. Chris Rock, maybe they feel like awards shows owe him something. <laughs> after the notorious Like he needs slap. a W at an awards show after, after, after the notorious slap. The slap heard around the world. Yeah. So that would be my guess. Chris Rock. You're going to be surprised to find that it is Dave Chappelle. What's in a name? Is that really an album? I guess. Like, is that on Spotify? Probably, yeah. It's classic Grammys here, though, because all these people have been famous for like over 20 years. Maybe Trevor Noah, you could say, has only been famous for like 10 to 12 years or something. Yeah, I don't see that. Just washed up ass shit. Yeah, that's the only shit he has on Spotify is some album he did with a guy named Amir Suleiman. Hmm. Where I think he did like a spoken word thing about Islam. So that's cool. <laughs> that's but interesting. Yeah. That is, wait, what is this? It's various artists before they were kings Martin Lawrence, Keenan Wayne, Steve Harvey. It's all black comedians. But that album is not on Spotify, it's a Netflix special. Isn't that just his Netflix special? Yeah. It must have been released on CD or some shit in order to qualify, though. I would just guess. <clears throat> How, though? Let's see. Dave, what's it called again? Um, let me see. I moved off of there already. Oh, what's in a name? What's in a name? It doesn't even have a Wikipedia article and it was from 2022. Wow. That's from July, 2022. There's there's no CD. There's no audio version. Wait, there's a, there's a Netflix page or no, there's a, a, there's a Bandcamp page. That's Dave Chappelle, Netflix.bandcamp.com. And it's on there. Does that, that qualify him? Maybe I don't it? know what like the, is that criteria the real thing? Are. You can buy a That's compact amazing. disc of it. Okay, so there is like God, a is hard that to find seriously CD. what it is? Is that their official page? That's awesome. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I, I never would have guessed that's what it was. That's why it qualifies for this. <laughs> it's just a Netflix special. They just took the MP3 and put it on Bandcamp. They don't even have any overhead for that. That's just it, free. Yeah, it probably is literally just like meeting the criteria to be nominated. Why not do that for everything? You could just take yeah, every Netflix so stand-up special, put it on a CD or put it on Bandcamp, put it on SoundClick. You could put it on anything. Put it on Reverb Nation. Put it on Deezer. Then you can, yeah, put it on Deezer. Then you could get a Grammy Award. Actually, it's not on Deezer. Deezer would be an upgrade because if it was on <laughs> Deezer, it would be on Spotify and it would be on iTunes. And that would be considered gonna... an album to me. We should start exclusively releasing songs on Deezer first. Well, that's hard because that's the last one you get the email from. It's true. Like a month later, after everything else has gone up, you do get the email like, we found your track live on Deezer. Yeah, I, I, I got that email from the last Brock Winthrop song. It was like mm-hmm. a month later. Your track is live on it's Deezer. So cool. Like, Why does it take so long? <laughs> and also, why do it's they like- even have that? Deezer's doing that to get attention from artists. Like if we wait really long, then they'll be surprised to see that. Yeah, it's like uh, showing up to a party fashionably late so everyone has to look at you. Yeah. (laughs) That's Deezer. Uh, This is probably like a hack observation to make, but it's funny just how meaningless the best global music category is. It has Burna Boy, Bela Fleck, 
VJ Iyer. Like these are such wildly different genres. Like how do you even compare a jazz pianist with Burna Boy? You know, <laughs> what's the point of this shit? Isn't Bela Fleck just American? Yeah, he is. Yeah, basically. He's Doesn't from he New York. Like St. Louis or some shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to have well, it, have it. If you're not, then don't have it. The Bela because... Fleck thing features Rakesh Chaurasia, so maybe it's like some people who are not American, but it is questionable, I guess so. Right? Yeah, it's kind of like the Graceland thing. Yeah. Where if it's going to be if it's going to be American white artists that are doing collabs with world artists or just incorporating that into their existing sound, then why even have world music? Yeah. I mean, I think if all music, music is, is just so stupid. If all if all music has Afrobeat in it now, it's just yeah. a dumb category. Or and do also actual they have other world niche. music like like what's what's number 1 in India? No, they basically do have that now. That's why this is so stupid. Oh, it's do like, they? Uh, there's a best African music one and Burna Boy is on that one. So why is he in the global music? Like, what's the point of global music if it's just a hodgepodge of is he random African? crap? Oh yeah, he's yeah. Nigerian. Yeah, so why don't you just have Burna Boy in the African one <laughs> instead of the global? Like, I don't know. The Grammys are such a yeah, that's a weird mishmash of garbage. I guess if you got rid of these categories, someone would probably bitch. There would be someone's oh, totally, agent yeah, that's like, well, there, I was going to win that right. one. Yeah, once it's there, you can't get rid of it because someone's going to be pissed about it. Yeah, that's their only thing. There's another one I wanted to get to here. I think this one's pretty exciting. Best audiobook, narration, and storytelling recording. We got a lot of heavy hitters here. Uh, Meryl Streep for Big Tree. Michelle Obama for The Light We Carry, Overcoming in Uncertain Times. Sounds like her husband's rubbing off on her with that title right there. It's so... Like so much like false gravitas to it, you know? It's so then, sad uh, that that's what the Obamas parlayed their political success into. They love it. That's what they wanted to do. Like not even something cool. Not even like going on a yacht and like having child sex slaves or something. Not to say that's cool, <laughs> but it's like, it seems like such a, such a low bar to want to have these shitty Netflix specials and like generic motivational books. I want to find out how multimillionaire Michelle Obama overcomes in uncertain times. Like he was the president and now like, this is what he wants to do now. This is what he always wanted to do. It's was cool. to have a, to get a Grammy award for an audiobook. Yeah, that's right, pretty next cool. Up, next up in the category is Rick Rubin for the creative act, a way of being. That's maybe the only one here that I kind of get like, you could see why that would be like in a Grammy kind of world. Yeah. Then next up, Bernie Sanders. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. But not too angry about Israel. Yeah. <laughs> Until, or give him about three months and then change your mind on it. And last is William Shatner. Boldly go. Reflections on a life of awe and wonder. I'm sick of him. Can he die? I'm sure he will. Then again, maybe he won't. Maybe the Star Trek stuff uh, was actually a documentary. And he's got access to some crazy life-prolonging medicine. He's like male Betty White, where he just <laughs> hangs true. around for way too long, being in commercials and being a joke. Being and, epic. Yeah. yeah, being epic, being on the Big Bang Theory and all that kind of shit. Like, you know, can't we just have a little dignity? Can't you just not be 92 and out there doing this epic shit? I don't know. It's a it's a huge shame that Michelle Obama won this category, because I really wanted to see... Like, if I could see any of these two go head-to-head... I think the fact that Meryl Streep is up against Bernie Sanders is interesting. I want to see them actually show up to the Grammys. I'm sure like nobody for this category fucking comes to the Grammys, right? Maybe Michelle Obama, because that's what the Obamas want to do. Bernie Sanders said a woman could never win that Grammy category. Yeah, that's and right. And he got proven wrong. 
Yep. Excuse me, sir. Move over. It's time for women. Do you think that Barack Obama was kind of jealous that his wife was up for a Grammy this year since he's such a big uh, playlist guy? He probably ghost wrote it. Yeah, he is the yeah, playlist guy. They, like it with they should title. have a best playlist Grammy. Yeah, oh, Obama would win that all the time for sure. Oh, that would be so cool. That's like when the MTV Awards and shit had like the best ringtone and Soldier Boy won. Why did they let them get rid of that? I know, they should still be doing it. Soldier Boy should be on the phone with them saying, bring that back right now. I was winning those every year. And yeah. maybe LMFAO, um, uh, Jibs, do your chain hang low. <laughs> totally. They should be up in arms. Best contemporary blues album and best traditional blues album. Those are, it's funny that those are still there. That's more obsolete the, than the ringtones. Thing, That's way no, more obsolete than ringtones. What I think is super weird is that now they have traditional pop album versus just pop album. Yeah, what is that? I'm mean? trying to figure out what the fuck it means because, okay, here's what's like up for Sinatra? the traditional pop album. Like Nora Jones? But not exactly, no. Like, okay, some of it is kind of like that. There's various artists, Sondheim Unplugged. I can kind of see that, right? Oh, like but uh, then, Great American Songbook. Well, you think, yeah, because one of them is. But then Pentatonics, Holidays Around the World. Uh, and then Bruce Springsteen, Only the Strong Survive. And Laufey, Bewitched. I don't know what that is. That's the it's one just that like, won. Again, it's just like a weird hodgepodge of shit, you know? Yeah, two different Sondheim things. Well, didn't he, didn't he die? Oh, that must be why. But Stephen Sondheim, did he? He died in 2021. So they should have done it last year. But like what what constitutes having a traditional pop category, but not traditional hip hop and traditional rock and what like it's also arbitrary of like if I covered Jib's Chain Hang Low, I feel like there should be a traditional hip hop category for that cover, you know? Yeah. They should do that. Various there should be artists, old school the music hip-hop. of jibs. Yeah. There should be a category for only Sugar Hill gang type shit. Yeah. <laughs> the, hip, the hop the hippie hippie hoppy. Those guys those guys should win an award, run DMC. The surviving Beastie Boys. Why not? If we're going to do this shit, if we're going to give awards to Ricky Lee Jones. I feel like it's to to rap's credit that old guys like Jay-Z and Dr. Dre have not yet done what old rock guys do, where Bruce Springsteen is just singing all these old fucking songs from 40 years ago, you know? Like, it'd be so lame if we reached the point where Jay-Z puts out an album of like Sugar Hill Gang covers and like Tupac covers to show his roots. It really sucks that Boy Genius, that was the, the best rock performance. That sounds about right. Was that a rock Grammys song? Though. Let me go yeah, back. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's the album where like every BPM is like under 100, right? Does that rock? Okay, this is about as rock as the Goo Goo Dolls. Okay. I guess yeah. that's, that's the bottom uh, threshold for rocking. I'm so sick of them. I don't I, know why people like, get mad a... at them, but it's just that that album was so disappointing because it was so boring. And they know how to make engaging music. All of them individually have songs that I like, but that album was just nothing. It's like instead of combining forces, they detracted from each other. Yeah, like you made the point before we started recording that it's actually, I'm surprised we've never thought about this before, that it's kind of wild that in an era defined by like TikTok and sort of, uh, you know, everything battling for your attention and everyone's attention spans are shortening. How is it that like Boy Genius is huge? And Lana Del Rey said she's going to make a country album, which sounds like the most boring shit on the planet, but you know it's going to be super popular. Like, it seems like the most popular artists in the world are making slow-ass, boring-ass music. So maybe the the whole, like, sort of TikTok attention span thing is, like, overstated, you know? 
Maybe it's the fault of ketamine. Yeah. <laughs> ketamine is saving us from music becoming too kinetic. It's just so counterintuitive because you you always hear about ADHD and how kids are they're watching skibbity toilet all day and they have no attention span. <laughs> no one can focus on anything. And then the music that it wins the Grammy Awards is slow as shit and boring. Yeah. And like Boy Genius is listened to by young people, right? Like yeah. 19 year olds listen to that. I don't know. You think uh, it, you think it would sound like hamster dance or something. And also like one of the biggest artists on TikTok is Mitski and all her music is like super downbeat, you know? Yeah. Everybody's so depressed. Yeah, why aren't they listening to Hamster Dance? Maybe that's the Zoomer version of of the depressing shit that was around when we were 19. Like Bright Eyes. Yeah, oh, definitely. I just think it's, it's, it's like... It's the Zoomer version of Bright Eyes. And I wasn't, I wasn't into it back the, uh, then either. Yeah, me neither. It, but it's just... I, I think you're right to point out that it flies against that type of narrative. If anything, like my actual like sincere takeaway from this is that it's kind of overblown that people's attention spans are fucked. Even though they kind of are... But at the end of the day, people are still willing to listen to slow and boring music. So I think people are right to have short attention spans because a lot of stuff is boring and there should be yeah, more think, pressure to make stuff not boring. I agree. But like to some extent, it just depends on, on the context. It depends you know? what it is. Yeah. Some like, stuff at the end of the day, not if you boring actually, to me is very boring to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to understand anything important about like history or politics, you need to sit down and read something that takes at least like 20 or 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Like you can't just be reading Twitter all day. Yeah. Yeah. I have a very long attention span for stuff I'm interested in, but yeah, I think that's I probably want, still true. I don't true want you to waste my damn time. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. With some bull crap. Yeah. With some damn boy genius. You know, that's part of everyday life is that you have to, you have to have a huge filter. You have to be able to say, nope, that's a scam call. Nope. That's a commercial. Nope. That's a, that's a spyware. You're constantly yeah, batting absolutely. away all these scams and all this bullshit and just trying to sort through the the mess. So, so why wouldn't you have that? Why wouldn't you see something yeah. and be like, I'm not going to devote any energy to this. I'm not going to yeah, think about it too much because you're just bombarded with, with bullshit all day. Yeah. A lot of the exhaustion, like the fatigue of attention overload really does come from just all the fucking ads and spam and bullshit. Like you've learned the AI from era experience is it so that much it's, worse. it's a waste of emotional energy to care yeah. about shit that you just seen like that. It is kind of amazing. Even on like the latest version of ads on Twitter where they tried to make them seem more like normal posts. I still just naturally know how to avoid them. Even though there's only a small thing that says ad in the corner, like my mind just adapts to instantly ignore them, you know? Yeah. The way it's written, the way the graphic design is, you can yeah, just tell you just what it know is. without even looking at it. You don't even have to see a single word of it. You know, the, the Twitter ads I get now are for shitty weed carts. Oh, yeah, it's all such bad bullshit. It's shitty legal weed carts that I've had before. So I guess funniest, it, it uh, knows that I'm in Massachusetts and it knows, I guess it, it, it knows that I, I am the type of person that would be like, ah, oh, fuck, you know what? I'll get the $25 one. And then you get it home and it's like, <coughs> <laughs> the best thing that I keep seeing uh, on Twitter is ads. It's non sexual things on OnlyFans where it's like, watch comedy, watch cooking videos on OnlyFans. Why? It's like, nah, I have. Yeah. Why exactly? Well, it might be naked cooking videos. That's not the impression I got, but trying I guess to it do, could be. trying to do safe for work content on OnlyFans. That's a, that's a hard sell. Yeah, exactly. Because no matter there's what it is, you're YouTube, still going to have that Patreon, on your credit card statement. Substack. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be like, getting emails from them. There's a stigma against it and you don't have any penetration into that market. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's better to do they that should on do the Patreon. Opposite. They should do the opposite for everything else. Like YouTube should uh, have like a porn section now. I wonder if there are people that would see that I have emails from Patreon and assume that I'm a furry or something. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> if you no did the math, that's probably the majority like that of, Patreon. The, of Patreon is people paying for furry furry commissions. I think surprisingly it's not. Like if you go to the um, thing that has crime. like uh, rankings. Yeah, it's, it's mostly like podcasts and shit for sure. Let's see. But there is a ton of that kind Matt of stuff and on Shane there. Matt Shane's secret podcast. See, that's why yeah, they invite Shane that guy Gillis, on SNL. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you think he's funny or not, it's the top Patreon. Yeah. Uh, some guy who makes mods, Chapo Trap House, don't know who that is. If Books Could Kill, Dungeons and Daddies, not another D&D podcast. People love D&D podcasts. Wow. A lot of D&D. Interesting. But yes, yeah, I, I think that Patreon is actually surprisingly more podcast oriented than you would think. Yeah, it actually is a lot more familiar. I expected it to have sort of gone away from the familiar names, but it's still TrueAnon and uh, a lot of people yeah. I recognize. ContraPoints, QAnon Anonymous, The Adam Friedland Show, H-Bomber. Yeah, I guess we run this shit. Why isn't there a Grammy for Best Podcast if there's Grammys for Best Audiobook and Best Fucking Stand-Up Special that's only on Bandcamp and Netflix? Yeah, why not? But you know who would get those? The the Grammy for Best Podcast would always go to Obama and Springsteen or something like Serial. Like, it's going to be only something made by the New York Times or Obama, you know? I'm so sick of Springsteen. There's nothing wrong with Springsteen. I like Springsteen. He's a great musician. He's an American icon. But we're hearing too much from him. I don't think we're hearing enough. Where's him and Obama's podcast? He needs to come back. Yeah, it should be twice weekly. He needs to win a Grammy. Yeah, they, need, they should be on Patreon. <laughs> Do you think... Okay, if Obama and Springsteen got on Patreon, would they go to number one right away because of their massive audience, or would they totally flounder because the people who use Patreon don't give a fuck about them? I think they would get a lot of signups. It might not go to number one, but I think it would be pretty decent. Yeah, I think that's a fair... They're not going to be doing Chapo numbers, but... Like people give money to... Um, what's her name? Muller, she wrote. Oh, God, yeah. To this day. <laughs> Still, I know. They stopped calling man. it that like three years later. It's yeah. called the like the Snarky Coffee Talk podcast or something. Yeah. But that those are people who have a lot of money. It's uh it's people with like eight hundred thousand dollar houses and they have a in this house we believe and blah blah blah. Definitely. They drive yeah. an electric car and they're do gooders and those people are great. Those people uh Yeah, they're a right reliable vote. uh yeah. They'll bankroll a Springsteen Obama podcast, that's for sure. I also, one other Grammy-related thing I wanted to get to here. We got to apologize to Bob Guccione Jr., the penthouse heir and current owner of Spin Magazine. He has the he coolest wrote his name of all time. dog shit review of Killer Mike's new album and said it was the album of the year, and we made fun of him. Turns out he gets the last laugh because Killer Mike won the Grammy for Best Rap Song, Best Rap Performance and Best Rap Album. So Bob Guccione Jr., I just want to say you were right about everything. Well, he had the penultimate as a human laugh. being. And the ultimate laugh was the woman who pressed charges on Killer Mike. It was a security guard at the building, I guess, the Crypto.com Arena. Oh, damn. And she like tried to stop him from going somewhere, and he pushed her. And she immediately jumped on it and was going to press charges. Yeah, and he got arrested at the Grammys. And actually, So on Sunday night, actually, when I was on Twitter... The first, the only thing I saw about the Grammys was him getting arrested. And I was like, oh, I guess the Grammys are this week. <laughs> like, where do you fucking hear about the Grammys? Does anyone like, Every where in music culture website. are people talking about this? But well, you, you have true, to be yeah. the type like of person that's sure. checking Pitchfork and NME and Rolling Stone. 
every day for it's your so job. It's so perfunctory though, because none of those people give a fuck either. Like, yeah, no the one Oscars actually weirdly, cares about this. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why movie people actually have a degree of investment in the Oscars. Like, some movie people are like curious who's going to win Best Picture or whatever. That's a little more highbrow. Yeah, no one, I guess, but like, like the. The Oscar winners, I don't know why. Well, usually not the winners, but there's a lot of like art house stuff nominated. Yeah, I suppose there's a lot of there's more room to be like, oh, I'm into the obscure stuff, and here's all the foreign movies I watched this year. But with the Grammys, it's harder to do that because it's all just Taylor Swift. Yeah, and like, then the, and then the stuff is that so isn't much is, more is this weird stuff that no one actually knows about. Yeah, yeah, like music is so by its very nature, like it's just easier to make music than it is to make a movie. Yeah, the investment is just so, so much less. less. You yeah, can make so, stuff on a computer, but yeah, yeah even like, like the even the most elaborate amateur movie, that's gonna be that's hard to get that to Oscar level. Yeah, yeah. Which is why the Grammys in particular are just so fucking stupid, but might be the worst award show. I don't know. I don't all really bad, know about the Tonys. But, I don't know how to judge the Tonys, because I'm not really a play type guy, but it, there's no way it's worse than this. Yeah. Winning an EGOT sounds horrible because you'd have to go to all these fucking award shows. Yeah, the amount of shit you have to do. Who has an EGOT? You have to be a psycho to want one. I think um, Jamie Foxx is the only famous example I know of. It's mostly people who are not musicians. Like it's um, like composers and shit like that, right? Like people who can easily just like compose songs for each medium without having to actually appear in them. Yeah. Elton John, Viola Davis, Jennifer Hudson. Singer, actress, producer, talk show host. See that, oh, man, that's kind of a low bar then. Because she, like so she, she has a daytime show. I don't know what yeah. producer is. She was she was in Dreamgirls and she She's was on American Idol. Her own show. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Tim Rice, John Legend, John Legend, Whoopi Goldberg, Mel Brooks. Yeah, this is this is not as um, extremely meaningless accolade. <laughs> Yeah, it's not great. There are a couple of big names in there, like Andrew Lloyd Webber, but then you see Whoopi Goldberg. It's like eh, I'm it's, trying to think of like what's what's the um indie rock egot? It's like you played at the Fader Fort, you know, you South uh, by Southwest. Yeah, you appeared in a pitchfork uh over under video. You uh appeared in a what's in my bag video. <laughs> Non-competitive egot. What does that mean? I have no idea. Oh, it's like a Grammy Legend Award, Special Tony uh, Award, like Lifetime Achievement Award. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah Barbara Streisand, Liza Minnelli, Quincy oh, that's Jones. Even more bullshit. You got to give the, give one to them. At least, like I guess it with those criteria, it kind of makes it more like at least this is someone who's very widely renowned. But with like the normal criteria for the EGOT, it's just someone who happens to have a niche that could get you nominated for four things. You know? Yeah. Like, it's not like the actual best actors of all time have an EGOT, you know? Yeah, a couple of them. Like, I guess Audrey Hepburn is in there. Okay, interesting. Whoopi Goldberg, of course. The greatest actress of all time. The GOAT. They should rename it to The GOAT instead of EGOT. It's not the same letters, but it's three of the same letters. The E-GOAT. They just need to add an A award. Yeah, E-GOAT. And then you could say it's like Electronic GOAT or Entertainment GOAT. Entertainment greatest of all time. Well, no, we can keep the acronym. We just need to add an award that starts with A, you know? Oh, maybe you could put an umlaut over the O so it's like EGOT. <laughs> yeah, that's e- a good E-GOT. That works. Um, in, in a reaction to Killer Mike winning all the rap awards, Drake said, 
All of you incredible artists, remember this show isn't the facts. It's just the opinion of a group of people whose names are kept a secret. Literally, you can Google it. Congrats to anybody winning anything for hip hop, but this show doesn't dictate shit in our world. And it's like, you know what? He's being petty and dramatic, but when he's right, he's right. It's true. I get why they wouldn't want to put those names out there, though, especially if a lot of them aren't public figures. Especially if P. Diddy hears about it, he's going to car bomb them. Yeah. Because you never know. Like, it's like a jury. Yeah. It's like the, the Gambino family tracking down jurors. Could have that happen. Yep. With P. Diddy, it could actually happen. Because that guy's a monster. He's killed no before he's and he'll sim- kill again. Yeah, that's now it all makes sense why they had him do the song for the Godzilla movie. Yeah, he's a monster. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He should have been on the Kanye song. He should have had a, a verse from P. Diddy. No one ever wants a verse from P. Diddy. How much do you think it costs now that he's this disgrace? Do you think we could get him on a track? The problem is you have to write it. So that would make him sort of easy to work with, but also you have to write the verse. Yeah, we might as well just use P. Diddy AI at that point. You really could. Oh yeah, that was a thing that I remembered. About six months ago, I loaded um, I loaded Fast Car into the Luke Combs AI, and it sounded pretty much like the Luke Combs cover. And then (laughs) at the Grammys, they had Luke Combs and Tracy Chapman perform the song together because it won for the best country performance, I think. And it sounded pretty much the same. You want to check it out? Yeah, let's listen to a minute of this. You get a fast car. I want a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Also, like the the video that the Grammys posted of that performance was super artifacted on Twitter. Yeah, like your AI cover, I think, is like right there, neck and neck with it. You know, and the guy who posted it was a revenge porn site operator. I saw someone posting about that, and then it got quote tweeted by a fake Tracy Chapman. And Linda Linda Yaccarino was uh, replying to it with heart eye emojis or something. Gosh, she's so dumb. So she doesn't even know it's a fake account. And then the guy's a revenge porn guy. And apparently the guy's bio is like, fuck you, Linda Yaccarino. (laughs) So that's what she's endorsing. Yeah. Linda Yaccarino is the leadership that site deserves for sure. Yeah, this basically is the Luke Combs version. Yeah. That's the thing when you when you do a cover where it's not really different in any appreciable way. Yeah. The arrangement's exactly the same, maybe with a little more oomph to it. You could just do that with AI. You could have SpongeBob singing. Yeah. SpongeBob deserves an EGOT more than most of those people. God, I really so I pulled up Pitchfork's like best and worst of the Grammys list, and there's some really bleak writing in there. Speaking about the Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs performance, they said, I'm not saying we should do this, but I wonder how a fast car write-in campaign could take this country in November. Uh, Not very well, because I don't think rednecks actually like Luke Combs. I think that's wishful thinking that rednecks all love black women. They love black lesbians. Obviously, it's just like a nonsense. Like it doesn't. The idea doesn't even make sense. But yeah, it's you're like, right a, there. like if you try to imagine well, it's a country who would guy and a song. rock and roll uh, woman, and they're coming together, and we're gonna. It's like the South Park episode, but the yeah. Iraq War. It's like that. That symbolizes nothing because it's crossover country that's aimed at like Miranda Lambert fans. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the guys who are yee yee mudden. That's not who's listening to that. I'm sorry. I think the only people who should be allowed to vote are people who roll coal. Yeah. Put this country back on track. 
Those guys Luke are Cole's awesome. Luke never rolled coal. He's f- so full of shit. Modding you your country? truck to use more fuel for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's just so to dumb. own the planet. And you're They're inhaling not even some of that anymore. They're just owning the environment and the And planet. you can get pulled over, too. And those are yeah, all Blue totally. Lives Matter guys. So you're committing crimes, and then you're getting pulled over, and it's like... See, that's real outlaw country, though. They can't just say it's okay. Yeah, I guess it kind of is. Literally outlaws, you know? But it's they're not. I guess they're not really outlaws for long because you can track them down so easily. You can see all the black smoke rising from their truck. Yeah. Giving away their location. They can't run from the law for long. I think rolling coal is so funny. I think it needs to come back. Yeah, this, it's just so expensive. It's so stupid. It's not even And those cool. guys are all, There's nothing you know, they're cool all making like $800 a month car payments on those trucks. Their new yeah, trucks, totally. and then it's also Absolutely. it's all fucked up with that shit. So if you wanted to sell it, you uh, probably have to take it off. Oh, totally. Yeah, you like modded it. It's like destroying the resale value of it. I was gonna say it's like Buddy Brown type of guys, but he's also such a fake ass country guy. He's not rolling coal either. He just has an eighty thousand dollar truck, but he hasn't modded it. You know? Yeah, he drives a Subaru probably. Yeah. I want how how popular is rolling coal right now? It's kind of like ghost riding, where you remember like when ghost riding the whip was a thing like over ten years ago. Like I'm sure ghost riding has receded dramatically. Is how that much black rolling, rolling coal? coal? Yeah, maybe so. I think ghost riding the whip is black rolling coal. Yeah, and it's way better for the environment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's probably more unsafe. You might run over your feet, but but it's, it's the risk. That's why it's least- cool. It's also cooler because you can like dance while you do it. Like there's actually like a reason I can imagine why you would do it, you know, but rolling yeah, coal, it's, on video. it's not fun. It's just smells like shit and polluting more and ruining. Like it's just cost more. You're just wasting fuel. There's nothing cool about it at all. Yeah. It's like driving past manure or something <laughs> to own the libs. Yeah. It's just gross. Yeah. If Luke Combs ain't rolling coal, I don't think he should be allowed in any country category, period. And I can say it because I'm a neutral outside observer. That's right. Yeah, I don't see those guys. You wouldn't really where I live because people are rednecks, but not to that level. Yeah. And also, I don't know. Maybe that faded out. Rolling coal. That's what I'm wondering. I feel like maybe it has. Like, it's kind of like a 2016 thing or something, you know? Yeah, it, it definitely correlates with gas prices. Yeah, that could be a good point, too. Yeah, it's illegal in my state. I'm moving to Texas so I can roll coal. I wish Teslas could roll coal. Someone should get <laughs> Elon optionally. Musk to do that. Someone could probably convince him of that if you told him oh, you could. there should yeah, be like, so um, like a smoke machine. It's just an actual smoke machine that you would rent for like a kid's birthday party. And then you attach it to the back, you turn it on, and then you can roll coal on people. Yeah. To cancel out that it's gay because it doesn't use gas. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, you still gotta have that cred of hating the environment. So you're a real down to earth conservative, you know? As you speak, maybe we could detour very briefly here to this very short article from NME about Elon Musk losing a $56 billion like payout he was trying to give himself from Tesla in a lawsuit filed by a heavy metal drummer. But that's just NME stretching where it's this guy who had a band like 15 years ago who had an EP in like 2008. Um, but good on that guy. He owned like nine shares of Tesla stock. And then sued uh, Elon Musk for improperly dictating negotiations around the gargantuan payment package he gave himself. And the board acted without independence, blah, blah, blah. And he won. So you know what? Good for him sticking it to Elon Musk. Yeah, it's nice to see that. Yeah. To see someone poke his bubble a little bit where he thinks he's the god emperor and he can just do whatever. And owning a company means you can, you're, you're not beholden to shareholders at all. Yeah, it's good to see a little a little win for ordinary people there, but... 
that reminded me too. There's like so many articles right now about like the downfall of Pitchfork, and this one that's on Semaphore is interesting because it has so many really specific examples of how extremely incompetent the Condé Nast leadership has been all these years that they've owned it. And uh, the best anecdote is that in 2016, or let me see, I think it's 2016. Let me find the quote here. Yeah, 2016, the Condé Nast executives went to Pitchfork Festival in Chicago to like see what it's all about. And all the ideas they had to like make it more profitable are just the things that the dumbest fucking people on earth would think about who know nothing about music whatsoever. They're like, oh, we need more like VIP tickets and more like chic brand experiences and shit. But then the most truly egregious thing, uh, this suggestion actually was made way more recently, like in the last year or two. One Kanye Nast, uh, one Kanye, Kanye, Kanye Nast. Nast. <laughs> he should do that. That should be yeah. his company. It's a good album. See if this he can get sued. Album. Uh, but one Conde senior vice president in charge of events made the outlandish suggestion that Pitchfork could juice ticket sales by reuniting Oasis or the White Stripes. That's so funny. Who cares? Ah, oh, that is it's also like, you can guess that that person think, is exactly 49 years old. Exactly. A, 100% yes. And then B, don't you think fucking Glastonbury and Reading and Leeds have been offering Oasis a hundred times more money than Pitchfork can pay for like 25 years and they won't do it. Like, yeah. Why would they come to America? And also who yeah, cares about the white stripes? Yeah. Jack White's. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to start a whole than, thing here, but I would rather hear him with any other drummer. That's what I was going to say is like his current solo act is better over like the white stripes did have like a novel thing, but like when he plays with like the six piece band and everything, I feel like it's overall just better, you know? Yeah. It's just better. Especially musicians. as an old guy, like, it was fun when he was like 25 to do like the two piece thing where it's just like they play five songs in a row without stopping and do like a bunch of medleys and shit. But now that he's old, it makes sense that he's playing with a bigger band with better arrangements and shit. Like it's just a natural progression. Yeah, of course. And he plays White Stripe songs in it and they sound good. So what are you like? What are you complaining about? I can't think of any act where I would be excited if they got back together. Hmm, That's a good question. Like I don't know who's broken up, but not dead and would be good if they made more music there's definitely like a handful but just none come to mind quickly you know maybe I mean? the smiths but that would be bad but i, I don't want them to make music yeah, I, well, I guess it, if they it would perform, be bad it'd be okay but yeah it wouldn't be good i don't think i would see them okay even if the smiths toured and just like played the hits it would cost so much money it would they would sound way worse than they did 30 years ago or they would search you for beef ago. jerky at the door yeah yeah absolutely he would say something about chinese people yeah there's just no way it would be worth it, you know? It would be funny, though. Yeah. It would be a, it would be a whole thing. The uh, Condé Nast executives would love it. What do you think? Should we get around to the big event here? The best children's music album at the Grammys this year? Yeah. Oh, one more thing. Uh, I just want to shit on Joni Mitchell a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For performing uh, at the Grammys at the Crypto.com Arena. She, she wins the Hypocrite of the Year Grammy from us. The Grammy Awards, which gets, there's a new article every two weeks about how the, the guy who runs it is a rapist and they did a bunch of NDAs to protect sexual assaulters. And also in this Pitchfork article, the tweet they link to for the Joni Mitchell performance is that guy Craig R. Bretain, again, who is, he is a, a revenge porn guy who tried to run for Senate in Arizona. He's like a well-known crazy guy. and. He ran isanyoneup.com. So that's the guy they're linking to. 
I mean, I guess you that's can't hold not that. Good, that like, that's like the one thing you can't hold against uh, Joni Mitchell, though. I think it's just that... Uh, Oh yeah, the fact it's not that she's willing to perform I, at Crypto.com Arena, and I'll, like you're right that like she's oh, yeah, very I'm, selective. I'm not about, saying that's the fault of Joni Mitchell. I'm saying she yeah, should yeah. she should feel bad because the Grammys is way more fucked up of an organization than Spotify or Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Crypto.com Arena and all that shit. Yeah, but um, she should put her music back on Spotify. But uh, yeah, it's very that, selective. That I was blaming outrage. Pitchfork for. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Because they really should not be linking to that guy. It's like linking to a tweet by Nick Fuentes. Totally. Like you should like don't do that. And it's also a blue check guy, so you're giving him money. Yep. But we got to get into the children's music here. The most important award of all. The one that no one talks about, no one pays attention to, except, uh, uh, except for us. And no one listens to either because these are like such, these are some indie children's artists. Like when we were listening to like Jules TV and stuff like that, that stuff has way, way more plays than this stuff. Yeah, that Let's shit was awesome. Here. So this is Uncle, is this Uncle Dumbo? Which one is this? Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, who the fuck is this? <laughs> I gotta look up who this is. Oh, it's DJ Willy Wow. Yeah, DJ Willy Wow. Everybody, let me hear you go. This is the most popular song on this album, too. And it only has like 10,000 plays on Spotify or something like that. I like that. I like that. You guys sound great. This sounds like Chance the Rapper, basically. <laughs> Chance the Rapper is another guy who like kind of just started making music for babies once he made like really Christian sounding shit. How is this for kids? Is this the intro? Let me, let me check. It's 120. I mean, maybe it is actually. I just chose the it's most popular be. track. Which is kind of funny in itself. Doing skits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we have one more of his on the playlist. Maybe we'll get a more representative uh, example of him with this next one. I don't remember having a bias against the black crayon. Yeah. <laughs> Like you need that one for outlining yeah, stuff. It's, you need it's that probably one the most pragmatic one. Yeah. And also, if we're gonna get technical about it, a lot of like a lot of writing implements are black by default. Like pens, yeah. they're black by default. I think too. This we, is a we great noticed, song though. We went on DJ Willy Wow's Instagram, and he was advertising his Grammy party that was at like some kind of arcade in LA. And we were like, you know what? I'd rather go to DJ Willy Wow's Grammy party than whatever fucking party Jack Antonoff went to, you know? Yeah, or Taylor Swift or Miley Cyrus. Yeah, that should be miserable, dude. Just objectively the best Grammy party. Yeah. They had Ski Ball and Big Buck Hunter. All right, so far I see I see where he's coming from. So far this is something... He's got a wig on like Basquiat. Yeah. See, that's the kind of reference a Grammy voter would appreciate. Exactly. <laughs> like Jay-Z, who's probably... Is he a Grammy judge? It's hard to say. I mean, like you were saying, it's, it's anonymous or whatever, but yeah. But I, I would imagine is. Jay-Z is. He's got to be one. It's like the House of Lords He's a in America. Years old. He has to be. Yeah, true. That is what it should be. It should be, into, it should be a feudal aristocracy. Where there's like the, the duchy of... The Duchy of Brooklyn and the Duchy of Manhattan, the Duchy of Upstate. <laughs> you split America up, the Duchy of like 
few different neighborhoods in LA, the rest of California. You pass it down to your kids. So Blue Ivy can vote for the Grammys. Is the takeaway of the song for white kids supposed to be, oh, I guess it's okay for black people to have their crayons too? Yeah, I'm not sure. It doesn't I'm really, really sure make what sense. the takeaway is for like kids of other races. Like why would, because those kids would never have assumed that there was something wrong with a black crayon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like learned nothing behavior wrong with it. to and be it's racist. Also not, like, why would you it's not their skin color. Racism, but, yeah. It's like actually black. It's like not even, the word is the same, yeah. I guess. I think that song was fun, but I question like the premise of it a bit. Yeah. Musically, right, it's the best is, one we've heard so far. This one is Andrew and Polly. Rainbow Shop. Another color-based song. I think this song, as a song, this is much shittier, I think. This is terrible. Yeah, this is, ooh, it just got worse, too. God, even when I was a kid, I knew not to like kids' music. Oh, yeah. I don't course. think there was ever a point where I couldn't appreciate adult music. And kids don't really listen to this shit. That's why all this shit has no plays on Spotify. It's like little kids are listening to like the My Little Pony soundtrack. You know, they're yeah. not listening to like the Rainbow to Toilet. Yeah. This is terrible. Yeah, this is brutal. They always man. have the weirdest mixes too, which I don't get. Like they always have the bass turned all the way down, everything's super dry. Yeah. Don't kids like bass? This is terrible. This sucks. Yeah, man, this We're going on brutal. to the next one. Okay. <laughs> this is okay. Nena Freelon is... and Pierce Freelon. And Sestars. It's the A. The song is called ABC UAG. Awesome, beautiful, curious, daring, earthy, funny, and fine. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is the second song that makes me think of uh, Chance the Rapper now. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting, at least. Chance the Rapper is very influential in music for five year olds now, I guess. Violet, witty, excellent, young, and innocent, like ABCs of what you mean to me. D E F U and G to me. Okay, kids, now it's your turn. Make it all the way from A to Z. Mm-hmm. Let's check it out. All right, I'm gonna try my best. You're awesome, beautiful, curious, daring, earthy, funny, and fine. Mm-hmm. A this is a good song. Interesting, joyful, kind, yeah. This is like one of the children's ones we watched on YouTube before where they add a, like, they associate a word with each letter, you know? Yeah. They're just showing off. Yeah. What was that channel called? It's the one with like the little girl who sings about money and everything. Um,. Now we're gonna try to go back. I should know this. Gracie. Cool? Gracie's Corner. Yeah, Gracie's Corner. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do it. It's got Gracie's Corner vibes, but the music is much better awesome, here. Beautiful, curious. Daring, earthy, funny, and fine. You got a great, hilarious, interesting. Joyful, kind, and lovable mind. You're a nerdy oracle pirate. You're quirky, regal, and stylish. You're a timeless ultraviolet. And their word choices are good here, too, for a kid's song. It's fun. I think white people are bad at making kids' music. Yeah, I think so. And you could say Rafi, but he's Armenian, so that's like a, that's an edge case. <laughs> All right, this is Uncle Jumbo, Curiosity. Yeah. 
This is cool. Yeah, it's got like an animated music video. Seems like something you'd see on like kids TV in like the late 80s or early 90s or something. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like that too. Yeah, yeah. New Jack Swing. Uncle Jumbo rocks. Yeah, I can dig it. All right, now that we're actually listening to all these songs, I think this is the only category in the Grammys where indie artists are uh, properly acknowledged. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I I'd rather listen to is. this than most things that won the major categories, unironically. Have we listened to one, two, three, Andreas yet? No, that's the next one. Okay. That one's funny because I think the stuff they won for was in English, but a lot of their stuff is in Spanish. And it would be funny to just have that playing in the car. And you're just like, oh, it's this great reggaeton song. <laughs> yeah. People literally only listen to them in Spanish, though. On their Spotify, their English language album that was uh, Grammy nominated has less than a thousand plays on every song. Yeah. And then in Spanish, they have like, you know, tens of thousands or whatever. It would be great to get into world music and accidentally only listen to kids' music. Yeah. Like you're you listening to, know it. to Hindi kids' music and Chinese kids' music and Japanese yeah. kids' music. <laughs> You finally meet a polyglot, and they're like, "Dude, we gotta talk." Yeah, you're just if, like you don't recognize the ABCs in another language. You just think it's like a yeah. What's they say? Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Or like Japanese kaki kukeko sashi suse so zaji suse zo like that kind of thing. You're like, oh damn, these are some sick lyrics. Yeah, that probably means the the Tokyo skyline at night is so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great song. That's the longest one. The full yeah. four minutes. I mean, I genuinely want to hear that more than I want to hear, like, Yeah, Taylor that's the Swift. best one. But... All right, one, two, three, and race. That's that classic type of mix. Why do yeah. they do this? Yeah, this is a big step down. Are kids afraid of low frequencies? Because I'm too Like, do they get up. scared if they feel the bass coming through the floor? <laughs> I think it might be the opposite that they're just they like uh, frequencies in the range of like the voice, you know. I guess like, so. Like yeah. a mix is more quote unquote exciting if it's like around like two K, three K, whatever. I remember turning the treble all the way up on my stereo when I was a kid, and I'm not sure if that was that my hearing was different or if it was that the stereo was shitty. Yeah, <laughs> I would have to get it to figure it out. But now doing that would be so horrible. Yeah, totally. But I guess you lose. It's weird because you lose higher frequencies as you get older. So you would be more sensitive yeah. to them when you're younger. I don't know. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't know. This song sucks. I think that's the worst one. Yeah, Actually, that sucks. Rainbow Shop this was one? really bad, too. How did this win? Yeah. Oh, I didn't want to spoil that. But yeah, unfortunately, guess what? This is the winner. This trash. I think Uncle Jumbo should have won. And my name yeah, for him absolutely. is Teddy Bear Riley. After Teddy Riley, the founder of New Jack Swing. Uncle Jumbo, DJ Willie Wow, and Pierce and Nena Freelon were all pretty good, honestly. Yeah, those were great. I don't like Rainbow Shop. 
Yeah, that, that shit was trash. Andrew and Polly, they stink. One, two, three. Andres, so all you preschoolers suck. who are listening right now, if you're listening to fucking Rainbow Shop, your fave is trash and problematic, and we don't fuck with you. Yeah, you're stupid. No wonder you're yeah, in preschool. Yeah, you better get your ass into kindergarten so you can fucking learn something about music, dumbass. I would listen to ABC, U at G, and Curiosity again. Those are good songs. Yeah. I bet we could get on this if we made the Shoegaze album. But we just have to have industry connections. Yeah, you have to know about, somebody. You know? We should bother We already me. have like as many Spotify plays as these people do. It's just you have to know. Yeah, yeah. Get maybe Nate, have maybe Nate Nate's pour kid all his goes clout to school into getting with, us into a Grammy thing. Nate's kid goes to school with a kid of a, a Grammy judge. Yeah, we got to figure it out. You could pass them the demo at a sleepover. It would be really funny for Nate to, against his will, go back into like the belly of the beast of just mainstream corporate entertainment. Just to be like, yo, you got to give a children's Grammy to these guys. <laughs> they made a shoegaze album. It's about the ABCs. <laughs> B is for Big Muff. Oh, Neutral Milk Hotel was for nominated. Cathedral Delay. It's Cathedral Reverb. That's got to oh, be really? the first time. Yeah, for Best Boxed or Special Limited Edition Package. Oh, that's so funny. Lou Reed is on there. Is that why people were talking about Lou Reed? I have no I hope not. I don't know. People were talking about Lou Reed the other day. Out of nowhere. Um, yeah, big upset there in the children's music category. One, two, three, Andres. Some of the most juvenile-ass songs taking home the trophy. The Grammys, once they almost got it right, actually putting some interesting indie artists on here, they still got it wrong at the end of the day. Yeah, this is bullshit. And they're, they're just going to get away with it yet again because kids don't know about this. Kids aren't going to find out. Yeah, we need to put a lot more four-year-olds on the Grammy committee. And they actually spell it out just in case kids are in the room. When you look at the top build awards, though, it does look like four-year-olds voted. Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, that's music for babies. Yeah, it really wouldn't be any different than the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. That's who was winning it then, Miley Cyrus. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, well, maybe next year, though, we can take home that award for ourselves as we justly deserve. We could probably make kids music in every genre. Yeah, I think so. We'll just do an album that's like a, a sampler kind of. Each song's a different genre, you know? There should be a kids category for every genre category. So there should be a classical for kids category. Yeah, kids best reggae, global children's album. Kids bluegrass. Traditional children's covers of Rafi songs. Yeah. Children's choral music, children's opera, children's roots music. I definitely, I do kind of want to make some music for babies in the future, but I feel like it's not a high priority right now, but someday we should do it. Yeah. It's so easy. You don't even have to write the lyrics. You just use the alphabet. Yeah. It's written for you. It would be hard to do it in Spanish though. I would have to learn the Spanish alphabet. Yeah. I have to learn the Enya. I guess basically Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift should be moved to the children's category, but also if they did that, there wouldn't be as much space for real children's artists. So I guess I'm kind of ambivalent. Yeah. We don't want those big fish in a small pond because that's going to make it harder, but it would make it easier to win the the regular award. It'd be more accurate. Maybe we could do that. Really, really hot drink. Yeah. Really, really hot drink is going to be up. That's true. Actually, two-time Grammy winner is on the song already. Yeah. That should be on best pop vocal album for sure. And what's one best of the things you won a Grammy for? Connie Connecticut. It was a song best with Janelle Monae. Best human. Yeah. Well, we and can she's win nominated best, for album of the year. Best performance by a human and by an AI. 
both awards. There's so many awards we could get with that song. I am kind of optimistic for it. Since the Grammys work on that weird delay, I bet it'll be up in like 2027 or whatever since it came out in 2024. So we're looking forward to that. Best saxophone solo played on keyboard. Yep. And it's global music because I feel like a saxophone is vaguely global. Yeah, basically. Coffee too. Think about the history of coffee. That's a very global drink. Yeah, it gets shipped in from everywhere. Yeah. And Nate, he's toured around the world to Brazil, Mm -hmm. famously. Yeah, his fans love him there. In Argentina. He's basically Latino. So if Jay-Z is listening to this, I just want to say, go listen to Really, Really Hot Drink on Spotify and make sure in your Grammy voting committee thing, you don't forget us for the next three years or whatever. Yeah. And Mr. Jay-Z, sir, if you could leave the song on repeat all night so we can make 0.002, that would be awesome. If you have dinner with Jay-Z, that's the business advice he's going to tell you. Leave your song playing overnight. Yeah. That's that's what did it for him. Yeah. (laughs) I would just leave the CD playing. Yeah. <laughs> You're quirky, regal, and stylish. You're a timeless, ultraviolet, witty, excellent, young, and you're like. 